dawn broke on a new season in the Norwich Football League, ten owners clenched their cheeks in anticipation of what was to come. Week one sets the tone for a campaign, as an off-season of projection is cast into the shape of cold reality. Some hoods flew high on the national winds, while the toss of the dice left Paul appalled. This week we'll dive into the events of a turbulent opener, and look ahead as yet another year comes into focus. This is Don't Fear the Keeper. Hello and welcome. My name is Diesel and this is Don't Fear the Keeper, um, which I believe you already said in that intro. Uh, but yeah, thank you uh, for, for a little change up here uh, for that intro, Colin. Uh, what what kind of... What, what goes into your your uh, your creative process for making that? Uh, I open Notepad on my mm-hmm. phone, and I just start typing sentences. Um, and then after I get to what I think is a reasonable amount of sentences, I stop and I say, "This is don't fear the keeper." <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much that's pretty much what it is. Uh, start to finish. Wow, a savant. Yeah, but but I mean, I will say I, I have a general, you know, this week a new new season, new po- new uh, intro for the pod. I wanted to give a sense of of new beginnings, so I do go into a um, I do go into an intro with with an idea of what the theme is going to be. Mm. Uh, ben flying, Paul sucking. Um, right. Other than that, it's kind of just fill in the blank with words that I feel will make Brian the most mad, uh, and so. <laughs> That's why you got to slip Nashint in there every once in a while, and right, and like that. right. You got to pull out the uh, thesaurus just to make sure Brian knows that you know what he doesn't like, if that makes sense. Yeah, but yeah. I hope everyone liked it. Uh, we decided to go with something, do a little change up, uh, you know, just to reflect. We got some new faces on the pod, and it, and just a new overall vibe that um, you know we hope we hope. Uh, overall people will enjoy but we just felt it was time to try something new with the with the intro so hope you yeah. enjoyed it no yeah i mean we, yeah, we as we were discussing there's uh colin and i recorded that uh in in i believe 2018 i believe i wrote most of that while i was in traffic driving from new jersey back to columbus uh for start of the pod <laughs> Uh, cause I was like, I was literally in standstill traffic and I was just like, all right, Colin, here's what we're, here's what I think we're going to do. And I just, we wrote most of that. So it's been four years of start of the pod. Uh, and I think it's time we did something new. And as Colin pointed out, the, um, it kind of felt like a letdown after like the kind of hype around the hog Docs intros. Yeah. I felt like the hog Docs intros were just so, were such a fun part. And especially just how John had set up the music to line up. Uh, I was like, then when I, when I opened up the, the first week that we did the regular pod, uh, I was just kind of like, man, it just felt a little bit low energy, uh, for yeah. what, what I've been used to. So no, yeah, a little, a little higher energy now. Um, I suppose Colin, I don't know how you came across watch out, but I know Mike sent me this album. I think uh, through Mike, I'm okay. sure it was through Mike. So we'll give Mike a shout out for uh, introducing us to this song. But yeah, we'll we'll put a poll up. Uh, I think uh, regarding you know how people like this new uh, intro. We're probably going to keep it no matter what you say. But uh, we're open to suggestions at least yeah. in theory. We're not going to use your feedback to motivate any action, but we yeah. will. It will just be good to know. 
So, um, you know, here's how I phrase it. If you have a good enough idea that we want to steal, we will steal it. Yes. But yeah, it's not going to be a, a like, well, you don't like it. So we're going to change it situation. That's not, that's not how this operates. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to go that way, that route. Um, but yeah, uh, I'd love to hear any other ideas. Um, any other, any other songs you'd like to, you think would, would match up. Um, I did tell John getting any meaningful words into 30 seconds is way harder than it seems. Um, right. so, so yeah, but just let us know what you think. And then, uh, and hopefully this is a good mark on a new era of this, uh, this podcast. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, with the, um, the, the sort of podcasting details out of the way, let's dive into, uh, really what is the reason we're here or what the reason we're supposed to be here, which uh, is fantasy football. So just to give a kind of brief recap uh, of last week, uh, it was essentially four blowouts and then Mike versus Alex, which was only really close in theory. It didn't actually turn out like because well, Alex Ryan was actually closer, closer. That is true. But it was so depressing that it's kind of hard to say that it was like it was a bit depressing. Was, yeah, um, yeah. No, I, I also, I mean, just the fact that it was like Brian had a defense, so like technically he could have made up the points, but it's like how yeah. often do you have a defense score twenty? <laughs> I mean, I think I think Alex and Mike's matchup was really just intriguing from the sense that uh, there is a lot of swings, like. At first, it certainly looked like Mike was going to come out of the gate strong with um, great performances on uh, Thursday. And then uh, just overall having his players perform at a very high level. Um, it's just that Alex, as per usual, uh, is just a force of fantasy nature and um, proved proved too much for Mike to handle, though. though he gave it a good show and accompanied it with, I think, a sufficient amount of trash talk in the group chat to doom himself overall yeah no it couldn't have happened to a better person than mike to have uh his thursday night players put up like what was it like 50 total yeah he had Diggs and josh allen it was 57 total points yeah (laughs) between two guys good start uh yeah and it obviously fell apart but I mean, you know obviously mike's team didn't perform poorly he outscored all but two teams i believe uh so yeah uh yeah well three he, he outscored all but three teams so he was still in the top half of the league and put up a pretty good performance um just wasn't wasn't quite enough for the opponent on the day which is is what happens i personally would love it if that's how mike's season went mike averaged like the third most points in the league and just just lost Can't get a w. every match. Like, that would be... I mean, the thing is, I think Mike has a good team, mm-hmm. but he also has to finish 5-8. and eight. So in order for that to happen, basically what you're describing is what is going to have to happen. what's going to happen. So he's going to have to be in the top four and scoring every week and somehow just go up against the top one or two. Uh, yeah. so. <laughs> I can't wait to see yeah. it happen. Uh, uh, another note... Um, Ben, really just maintaining the momentum. Well, his momentum kind of died at the end of last year because he didn't actually make any noise in the playoffs. But regular season-wise, really mo- maintaining that momentum from last year. Yeah, you love to see uh, see a guy get bolstered by a hometown player. Uh, yeah. AJ Brown coming in big for Ben. Um, and then 
you know, just over the border, uh, Saquon also uh, also having a pretty good a pretty good game. Uh, I'll I'd say, <laughs> all things considered, yeah, um, and good for Saquon. You know, it's fun. It, I I I do. It was kind of nice that all those years that Charlie kept him in the first round, he just kept getting hurt. He so, just sucked. You know, but I actually do like Saquon as a person, yeah. so I I'm happy that he's finally been relinquished from Charlie's team. Uh, so that he can have a meaningful career again. Yeah, and he's, he is, I mean, that's a cool comeback player story. Um, I also, the only reason why I'm not excited about Saquon being good, because there are a lot of reasons for me to be excited about it, is that um, someone pitched Allen Robinson getting the comeback player of the year award, and I haven't <laughs> been able to stop thinking about it since, because it's literally just, he would be coming back from, from shitty nothing. quarterback play. <laughs> like, he would just... <laughs> It would really make absolutely no sense, uh, but Saquon obviously the early front runner. Um, yeah, I'd say Saquon's in in pole position there. Um, on the other side of the field, you had, uh, and, and so I think one of the things that's significant about Ben's performance is just the consistency across all these players. Um, like somebody said in the group chat, he was a point away on his kicker from the rare all double digit finish, yeah. um, which is just a sign of the truly dominant performance. Uh, on the other side of the field, Charlie, despite posting a respectable point total, um, it, the fifth best uh, of the week, it was very much a up-and-down uh, contribution from his guys. His, his receivers came in uh, in the clutch, uh, but a I'm going to call Cam Akers a coach's decision, despite the fact that he did play. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, healthy scratch. He basically got, he got de facto coach's decision out of the starting lineup uh, for – Seemingly no reason. Um, Najee Harris did get to double digits, but I maintain that there is nothing. No one, no running back has ever looked less good than Najee Harris. Like he yeah. gets 27,000 carries a game, uh, but they all go for two yards. Yeah. Um, absolute at the absolute max. And he still um, needed a touchdown to get to 10 points. Yeah. And, uh, and yes, just so just some up and down performances from uh, from Charlie, but he has Saquon on the bench. Um, he has some other guys on the bench that could. Well, to, Kareem could Hunt. Sorry, sorry, yeah, Kareem Hunt. He has Kareem Hunt on the bench. Uh, other guys that can come into a play. So I don't think anything alarming from Chuck. Um, he also was very very close uh, from the rare every single one of your guys lost. Uh, Ooh, he, Najee. Is the, only, is the only player on his team that actually won their game. That's wild. And uh, it was very much in doubt. Yeah. <laughs> he, I think we can say conclusively he shouldn't have won the game. Like, yeah, which would have been, which is always fun. I think, I think there should be a special award for if you win your week and every one of your guys loses their game. <laughs> yeah, it's like clearly like all of your teams or all your guys were just like playing catch up in their games. Like, yeah. It's just fun to have that disconnect. It, it really shows that fantasy exists in a separate reality it from uh, from the real world. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I think an interesting matchup in terms of the results. Uh, um, yeah. And then it, we can just briefly touch on you and Zach. Uh, a, a shockingly low-scoring affair, if I'm being honest. Uh, it, I would say it was pathetic. Um, I mean... I, it was Cooper. pathetic on your part. It was not pretty on Zach's. But I mean, just... Cooper Cup saved this from being a a double a ninety five to ninety one double digits. Um, 
which with the extra player is not really what you want to see. I'm happy to see my 11th round keeper come through, but that was pretty much the one and only bright spot uh, on my entire team. That said, uh, I have changed, I have changed my team name temporarily, but I'm not going to put too much stock in a game that was played basically in the Bayou um, of Chicago. Cause for some reason they decided that soldier field just, doesn't need drains. I don't mm-hmm. know. I I don't understand how an NFL team can have a situation like what was the situation at Soldier Field. Like, just pay whoever the guys that do Augusta are to come yeah. for like two weeks and be like, yeah. this is what you need to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't really make sense, especially because like, it's not like, I don't, maybe they did some adjustments to like the, the field itself, but like. They changed it, the turf. They changed, like, but like, like a week ago, but it's sorry. They changed the grass with new sod. And then this is what the result was. Yeah. It was just 0% drainage, which doesn't. Yeah. yeah. I feel like at that point, you know, when the first week of the regular season is like, yeah, do it too. I know that there's preseason games. Do it two weeks ago. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Um, not a very interesting game. Uh, I had a classic Mike Williams performance, which hopefully means that next week he'll have 37 points. Um, I'm not super optimistic, but again, I almost always lose week one. So I'm also not too concerned. One thing I will say is Zach, I think Zach's top line, his like first six guys are unassailable, but he has nothing no bright spots whatsoever on the bench. He's not deep. And David Montgomery sucks, and Tyler Lockett is kind of concerning. So I am actually very worried about Zach's team long-term. Long I don't feel like he has any answers on his bench, and I do feel like he's a lot more top-heavy than I was expecting after the draft. Yeah. No, I mean, just losing – because Godwin went down with another injury. Yeah. MBS – was not as involved in that Chiefs game as you might have hoped in a game where Mahomes had as good of a day as he is. He had eight points in a game in which the Chiefs scored 44. Exactly. That's not really... Like, he had four targets. Mahomes threw the ball, like, 50 times, and he had four targets. Like, I it's mean, not... part of the problem was just that the Chiefs were so efficient that it was, like, didn't matter who was out there, and so they mm-hmm. probably were just rotating their guys to get them into the game. Um, but, But still, yeah. Maybe a little little panic button on uh, on Zach's team despite a win. I would not be feeling too comfortable. That being said, I I did way worse. So yeah, you, that I'm trying to take anything away from that fact. Uh, I really also, did. I am also a little bit concerned. <laughs> uh, and speaking of concern, um, look, I was out on Paul's draft, and I feel fucking validated because yeah, this was ugly. I mean, uh, look, Dak got hurt, but outside of that. It was another ugly. Pretty, yeah. Another pretty top-heavy roster, as it appears. I did not realize that he was going to start Amari Cooper and Kadarius yeah. Tony. That that seems strange. Starting Kadarius um, Tony was a head-scratcher. But then again, look at his bench. What else? Yeah. I, I, it's another one of those where I, do, I don't see where he turns for answers. Other than, luckily for Paul, he's going to be first in line on the waiver wire um, tonight. So... Should yeah. be able to make something happen there um, to at least get a player to plug in for, I don't know, Tony, 
or whoever he feels is the is the weakest link on any the of them struggling. really any of the guys <laughs> the problem is he also has to get a quarterback so yeah um so yeah i mean gonna be interesting um and and share a little bit of indication for you uh coming out on top of paul uh, despite our early predictions. Well, despite really Charlie's prediction, because Charlie gave him like a B-plus draft grade. So That's I true. Well, like I also had him in the playoffs over you. That's so, true. Um, so there is a little bit of a, of a, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's with Paul, he's so good in the regular season that it's always just benefit right. of the doubt. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll give it another week uh, to see I mean, kind yeah. of if he's able to write the ship, but Looking up and down the list of players that he has available to him, it's not super comforting. It's it. I mean, like you said, I, I'm I'm not going to write Paul off yet, just because it's Paul. So we're just going to have to wait and see. Uh, all right. Well, with that little recap done, uh, let's take a a dive into our first segment, uh, which a new segment here that uh, we're going to be calling Wheelbarrow. Man, like, hey, man, he's gonna need a wheelbarrow, man, for his nuts to carry around, man. He got a lot of cocoa on this, you know what I'm saying? So, does he call by him? Uh, all right. Well, for those of you who may not have seen the clip uh, that the, the audio just played, um, Tyree Kill. That was Tyree Kill in the post game saying that Mike McDaniel. Actually, I guess he just says he just says Mac Daniel. Yeah, Mac Daniel. <laughs> Mac Daniel is going to need a wheelbarrow to carry his nuts around. Uh, and then he's got some some real cojones. Uh, and he also says that, by the way, wearing the largest sunglasses that I've ever seen in my life. He, he's living life down there in Miami. I have to imagine that Tyreek Hill is just getting absolutely hammered every single day. Yeah. Uh, and just kind of loves showing up to work right now with uh, the king of accuracy, Tua. Yeah. You know. Uh, but so what we're going to do here is we're going to award the wheelbarrow award, uh, or is that what we're going to call it here? What are we going to call it the wheelbarrow award? I think we're just going to say who gets the wheelbarrow. <laughs> there's, okay, one, like there's one wheelbarrow and it just gets whoever has the biggest nuts each week. Right. It's the wheelbarrow in order to transport said nuts around, um, until the next week when a new, a new winner is crowned. So right. yeah, it's just going to be called the wheel. Who who gets the wheelbarrow? Who gets the wheelbarrow? I like that. Um, all right, Colin. Well, would you like to go first or second with uh, who who you're giving this thing to? Uh, since you I'll came go up first. with this, uh, obviously the enticing option um, is to go with Ben putting up an absolute uh, bomb of points in in another week one. Um, however, I have to go with Mister Big Bench this week. Wow. I'm giving it to Garrison Brown, who, despite making seven of the eight most baffling draft decisions (laughs) of the 2022 draft, um, seemed to have hit on like six of them. Yeah. Um, so, So with the exception of Christian Watson, who dropped what would have been a 75 yard touchdown. Yeah. Um, so you could effectively add, add, 15 points to his uh to his uh total garrison all of the receivers that garrison drafted like four rounds before they were supposed to go yeah for no reason yeah uh so including dpj yeah dpj a big part of the browns offense and making multiple contested catches on third downs Jahan dotson uh showing off just the elite 
jump ball ability that he has. Jarvis apparently is just revitalized for some reason. Um, And then even just looking up at his roster, like Clyde Edwards-Alaire has not been a relevant fantasy player ever. Ever. And uh, appears to have found a new new lease on life. So I just (laughs) think... Two receiving touchdowns. I know. I I just think that uh, some, despite, I mean, Garrison did lose his match, or sorry, he he won his matchup. Um, He he didn't necessarily have a through-the-roof point total, but I I think the fact that, like I said, all of those guys that just had no business being drafted at all performing in the exact same week and it being week one uh, deserve some credit and, and... I think Garrison's nuts will need some support after going out on a limb to take them. That's a very good argument. Um, and I don't necessarily disagree with it. The The person that I'm picking with, and also I was also zagging because I was like, no, Colin's going to pick Ben. So I got to pick somebody else. So, so Ben, you're not getting it. I'm sorry. Uh, Alex is who I was going to pick. It uh, is a good op- option. Purely on the fact that Mike came out and dropped an absolute hammer on him in the Thursday night game, and Alex had to stare at that gigantic, not gigantic, but very intimidating point total coming into Sunday, and still won. And then, you know, performed on Monday as well. Uh, it took it took some nuts. It took some nuts, and he did it with really just an absolute bomb from Justin Jefferson to offset Mike's two really good like games out of Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. Uh so Alex just kept plugging away. Uh yeah. so I, I yeah, I would push for Alex here. We kn- we know that Alex we knew when we did the draft episode that Alex's top two were gonna be a force to be reckoned with. Um they Everyone. had almost 70 points between them, so I yeah. think that that came to bear. Um also just like it more uh in to your argument, like everyone hates Alex. Like yeah. he won the league for the third time last year, which sucked. Everyone spent the whole year just like so pissed um, that Alex won again. Why is Alex so good at fantasy? Alex doesn't say anything. Yeah. Uh, Mike Mike talks shit to him like all weekend in the group chat. Alex literally doesn't respond. He didn't respond. He just, he just said, I'm ready. He just casually shows up, puts up his 170, wins, and is off into the sunset. Um uh, on a campaign towards perhaps the uh, his fourth title in Dear five God. years, whatever it is. So um, a nightmare. It is a nightmare. But um, but I agree. Uh, certainly, something to be said for Alex, and, and I think a completely valid choice here. Um, so let's come to a consensus here, and based purely on the fact that I don't want to give Alex another award, we're going with Garrison. Yeah, yeah. We're not. We 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 gave Alex his piece, but. Uh, I don't think he needs any other honors in in this in this forum. So Agreed. Garrison, inaugural you know, wheelbarrow. Wh- you you get to decide as the first winner what color the wheelbarrow is. Are you going to go with Ooh. the bright red? I just don't know what best you want to use to show off to show off the sack. So let us know the cajones. Yeah, let us know in the chat uh, what color you want your wheelbarrow to be. Wait, hang on. I'm going to reverse my, not reverse my decision, but reverse my reasoning. Uh, Alex does not deserve the wheelbarrow because the tightness of the sack uh, does not allow it. It's its own support. It is. It doesn't allow it to fall down. Yeah. He doesn't need external support. Exactly. Garrison may. Uh, So, okay. (laughs) That's going to be the official logic that we're using here. 
Okay, well, inaugural wheelbarrow uh, recipient, congratulations, Gary. Um, now we're going to dive into our uh, our other segment here uh, that I've named Hood Wagon Wheel. Side note, I'm going to attempt to find a... Um, some sort of trap remix of Wagon Wheel, if I can, okay. because that would be perfect. I'm sure that won't be hard. <laughs> that feels like it's something that exists. Um, so, first of all, uh, this is the wheel episode. We had Wheelbarrow, we have Hood Wagon Wheel now. This is the wheel episode. Everybody get on board. Second off, Ben, back off to a hot start, as we said already. Uh, so what I thought would be entertaining to do, especially since Ben did not get a Hog Knox episode, was to look at Ben's starts versus his finishes. I was kind of hoping uh, that it was going to be like, oh, Ben starts pretty well every year and then just like falls apart. That is absolutely not what I found. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, to go just quickly through uh, the past few years. Uh, so Ben in 2017 uh, won what Colin referred to as the rare double double digit game. Uh, with an 81 to 74 win over Brian. Uh, it was more it, common back then. I it think. was a PPR league still. That's true. It was still PPR at that time. That's ridiculous. Uh, it did not help him in the end. Uh, he missed the playoffs, finishing 5 and 8 with an average of uh, 103 points per game. Pretty bad. It's um, awful. It's not good. It's not good. Um, next year, uh, he came out, he got. Uh, kind of blown out by Brian, one thirty-seven to one hundred seven, uh, and that was about how it went for him. Uh, finished four and nine, missed the playoffs again. Uh, <laughs> averaged one seventeen. Next year, twenty nineteen, he uh, gets doubled up by Zach, one fifty-five to seventy-four. Um, goes five and eight, misses the playoffs, averages one hundred nine points. <laughs> Uh, the following year, 2020, the pandemic year, you'd think Ben has so much time to uh, to prep and like get ready. And he put up more points, but he lost by 70. Zach goes uh, 195 to 129. He just needs ben. to stop playing Zach. <laughs> it's three straight he, years. Why does he keep doing that? I don't know. Uh, he missed the playoffs going 5-8 and eight and averaging 118 points. <laughs> 2021, let's look at a bright spot. Uh, ben did finish nine and five, got the first round by, and averaged one twenty four, easily his best season ever. However, he did lose by sixty to Zach in week one, <laughs> one fifty four to ninety eight. Um, and then, of course, this year he he goes out and he absolutely trounces Charlie. So overall, uh, in Ben's career, including this year, uh, Ben has gone two and four. This is only his second win ever. He has averaged one twelve in these opening weeks. Um, and he has scored below his season average four of the five previous years. Well, so maybe Ben's going to average 190. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, if he hits on that trend, uh, then I don't see Ben uh, not winning the league. If he scores 190 over every week, even with the extra player, I think he'll be in good shape. Yeah, I mean, he's... I, I mean, I think he's going to be doing fine. Yeah, that 112 also, it does include the, the extra player, so it's a little bit skewed with the 182. But, I mean, if you take out um, his second flex guy, who I guess would be Christian Kirk, 
It's still 160, which is far and away the most that Ben has ever scored in a week one. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it. I, I don't know what what the insight is, uh, other than, like I was saying, stop playing Zach. Uh, like <laughs> Zach just can't beat Ben by less than 60 points. It's it. uh, Like the year in 2020, when he scored 130 and Zach scored 195, uh, it was pretty tough. Uh, it's pretty tough. So I'm glad that I got to play Zach this year in Ben's stead and gave him the runway to to win one. So also, um, yeah. And Zach still won. Zach did not uh, suffer that um, change either. So, But I guess uh, what, what this kind of shows me is that Ben is just on a streak of breaking breaking the chains that have restrained him during during his career. Last year, he not only made the playoffs, but did so in dramatic fashion with a first round bye. Um, starts it out this year, uh, ending the ending four straight first uh, first week losses and getting out on top. Although I will say, I do have a theory that yeah, going zero and two sometimes is actually better than going like one and one or even two and zero because just getting the beginning of the year is when the waiver wire is so. Um, so juicy with yeah. with the guys that basically like no one realized that this was what was going to happen or you know an offense is running in a completely different way than anybody expected a rookie breaks out right um i do think that the waiver wire is more valuable at the beginning of the year um than towards the end and uh and so maybe you know well i guess we know that ben never took advantage of that but i was gonna say that is not true of ben <laughs> But you could, uh, theoretically. So in theory, maybe, sure. Maybe we can argue that actually this is Ben's uh, least lucky start ever. Um, this is Ben's been, undoing. Yeah. Now he's last in waiver in waivers. He is last in waiver priority in what has to be. I'm I'm not not gonna pull the data on that. It has to be the first <laughs> time that's ever happened that Ben has been dead last in waiver priority. Uh, maybe for yeah yeah. There's no way that that's ever been the case before. Last year, it technically might have been able to happen, but I don't think he ever had the best record. No, because Zach always had a better record than him. That's true. Yeah, Zach was kind of a Zach was the wagon. Maybe so. Actually, Ben, you should take a screenshot of the waiver <laughs> priority. Ten out of ten. You have a couple hours as of the time of this recording, which means yeah. that by the time you hear this, you will have negative eight hours. We straight uh, up gone. Yeah. But uh, take a screenshot because you don't. It doesn't come around often, and you don't know when it'll be back. It, it may never return uh, if you continued this uh, behavior. I mean, it's kind of nice. Ben wins the first. He he won the first game he ever played in the league, which I think is my favorite tidbit. He yeah, scored eighty one points, but he did it. Yeah, I think I think with eighty one points, it can be kind of seen as a pyrrhic victory. Uh, <laughs> it's it's it, it's a moral victory. Moral victories do not only count in the minor leagues; they also count in Ben's games. Yeah. Um, but, but anyway, um, I, by the way, for those of you that are wondering, yes, I did completely just use that word wrong, uh, but we're just going to move on now. Um, why not? Why not? Because uh, a pyrrhic victory is when, yeah, yeah. Okay. What is a pyrrhic? Um, yeah. Walk me through it. Give me the etymology. 
Well, no, it's when you lose, but if you score a moral victory. Then oh. it, it's it. What I meant is that it's the exact opposite of a pyrrhic victory, which is you win, but you really didn't yeah. deserve to, and you, you lost like shit. Doing and it. your soul sort of erodes. <laughs> like it's a moral loss. I think. Is oh, the way, to, the way to say it. I kind of like that. Um, winning eighty-one to seventy-four in PPR. Um, but yeah. Also, actually, I just realized this probably is the first time ever that Paul has been last in waiver priority again not going to pull the data on that but i can't really imagine a time where paul was was in 10th um so we may have we may have just uh broken into into unfound territory on the waiver waiver order Um, are we in the upside down like officially yeah well we're we're at the point of the broadcast where we're talking about waiver order records um so yeah well, we can move on. Maybe it's time to move on. That's fair. Um, yeah. I don't know what I necessarily wanted to get out of that, but I think I did get it out of that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that segment. Um, all right. So now we're just going to move into our, uh, you know, realistically the, the, the most important thing to me about this entire uh, process, which is the predictions. Uh, I went three and two last week, Colin going two and three. Uh, maybe not the start you would have wanted, but honestly... I have found over the years of doing this that it's really just a game of hovering around 500 uh, and then having one week that carries you through. I just like getting, as long as I get Euchre deals, uh, then I'm good. If it's in the 2-3 or the 3-2 territory, you know, whatever. Yeah, you're you're within range. As long as it's not worse than that, where you're getting into like deals that Eli would do, like a uh, (laughs) 5-0, that's kind of where I try to hang around. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but okay, so with that being said, I guess uh, let's let's take a look at uh, this coming week. So to take a look at, we'll start off with the me Ben matchup, a shockingly high stakes matchup, like potential high scoring affair. Yeah, based on week one, potential for fireworks here. Um, I'm obviously probably going to pick myself here. I think it's mostly because I just don't see a world in which Ben... The universe has to come for Ben, I think, eventually. Um, and I... Th- obviously, that could happen at any point this season. But I, I would predict that after that kind of a high and the 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 heights or the, the feeling that Ben is now experiencing, the appropriate thing would be for him to completely collapse back down to Earth. So I, I think I'm going to go with me here. I think uh, the universe um, came for Ben where he had to start paying rent on a room that he already owned. Um, so I feel like the universe has been sig- sufficiently vindictive towards Ben. Uh, and uh, for that reason, yeah. I, think, I think the balance keeps swinging the other way. Okay. Uh, and so I'm taking Ben here. Okay. I also just wrote Ben instead of Oh, there. Okay, we're gonna. Um, but okay. yeah, I mean, if we're gonna talk about it from a football perspective, uh, we might I really as well. Just, I really just liked. Uh, I I saw the th- the things I saw from Ben last week. I think are things that could very re- realistically happen again. Like Saquon going crazy. I really would have liked to have been in a point in the draft where drafting Saquon made sense. Yeah. Um, and so I think that. Uh, um. Yeah, I just believe in him. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with him. 
No, I mean, I, I think that makes sense. I, the, the interesting thing is going to be um, if the Saints defense shows up and, you know, kind of locks up Tampa, then I then I probably squeak this one out. If Tampa just sort of rolls, then, you know, I, I think maybe I'm, I'm, I'm staring on the barrel of something not too fun. So we're, Yeah, we're I guess see. the Saints are Tampa's bugaboo, but uh, they yeah, are. we'll see. I, I think it should be a fun game. All right, now let's go to uh, you versus Alex, Colin, um, which is projected by the, uh, the the ESPN projections to be a closer one than uh, than Ben and I. Uh, do you think the Trey Lance turns this ship around? Uh, I don't know. I, okay, I, he has the thing is he's he's on the ropes. He's got one more week to prove it. Uh, so I'm giving him this chance and, uh, you know, I think, I think he's got a lot, he's got a lot riding on this performance, um, both in fantasy and in real life. So, um, I'll give him the, I'll give him one more shot. That being said, I'm taking Alex. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I probably will too. Neither of you really has any like tough defensive matchup, like, it's yeah. a lot of chalk, and I think the, the thing that this may come down to is that um, I like Jerry Judy more than I like DK Metcalf, and I like Kyle Pitts more than I like Dallas Goddard. So uh, I'm going to go with Alex as well. I just can't recall the last time that I beat Alex, um, mm-hmm. and and I, I I sort of ride with the trends um, more than more so than the objective evaluation, and I also don't think objective evaluation can touch Alex. No, he's, he's he lives outside of the places where reason uh, reign. So it's foolish um, to try. I'm going with Alex here, and if it happens, it happens. Like I said, zero and two, best record in the league. Uh, all right, let's move on to Charlie and Mike here. Um, I think that Mike's Bills are going to put up another big game based on the fact that the Bills just lost to the Giants. Uh, and yeah. somehow managed to not uh, slow down Daniel Jones. Or really, they didn't manage to slow down that offense nearly as much as they should have. So I don't think they have a prayer against the Bills. Um, and really, I think it'd be really, really funny if Charlie started off 0-2 having uh, multiple first-round picks. So I'm going to go with uh, I'm going with Mike here. Yeah, this one's tough. I, I like very strongly believe in Mike's team. Um, but I think just looking down the list, uh, I do, I think that like Jamar Chase will probably have a pretty, a pretty good game against the Dallas defense that, um, did it put up a decent effort, but I think morale is just going to be very low. Um, and also Joe Burrow will probably be very angry, um, about what happened last weekend. He should Um, be. We just saw what happened to Arizona, uh, yeah, with the Chiefs, uh, Devonte Adams probably in for a similar performance. Um, I mean, I don't. I really. It's close. I, I'll say it's close. That being said, I picked Mike last week. He said thank you, and then he proceeded to to, to fuck me over. So I'm taking Charlie. <laughs> I love it. Once again, you pick based on the narrative, not on the numbers. Yeah. Uh. All right. Penultimately, let's look at. Uh, I also did not pick a. Uh, a marquee matchup this week. Um, well, let's look at what's left. Let's look at the two. I don't like either of these options. 
Um, yeah, neither of these is really a candidate for. Um, okay, so I actually I know what I'm going to do here. Um, and let's let's look at um... the marquee matchup is Charlie and Mike. Uh, let's be honest. That's that's the marquee matchup. No, I'm I'm gonna go with a different thing. Yeah, I think I, I know what the narrative that I want to follow is. So let's let's look at Brian versus Zach first, and then we'll get to our marquee matchup. Um, especially because Zach. Okay. <laughs> Can't be this one because it's it's Zach. Wait, which one did you go to? <laughs> We're going to Zach and uh, Brian. Oh, Zach, Zach and Brian. Yeah, Brian. Brian has no juice. It's it's Zach. Brian is Brian needed Adam Thielen to play out of his mind. Um, he had he got Michael Thomas playing out of his mind. CD Lamb. I guess he did put in he did put in uh, AJ Dillon, which is good. He did. Um, that was smart. He he has Waddle uh, in his starting lineup now, uh, which I don't believe he did last week. Both of those guys had twenty points, I believe. So they did. Um, but CD Lamb no longer has Dak. Um. The offensive line in Dallas is garbage, so I don't think Zeke is going to get much going. Yeah, somehow Brian's Dallas pick managed to get even more unfortunate. Uh, and Pretty I just incredible. think un- unsustainably so. I, I doubt there will be many occasions for me to pick Brian on this podcast this year. Um, and I'm not going to start right now. So Two Zachs it is. Okay, now we're going to get to our marquee matchup that I probably wouldn't have picked otherwise, but I am going to pick now. Um, and that would be Garrison and Mr. Big Bench versus Paul. Uh, Paul's going to need to get a you know a, uh, a new quarterback in there, but I feel confident he'll be able to do that. He'll be projected still to lose he will. based on the guys that he has. So, um, The fascinating thing to me is... I think that this uh, is a turning point for both of these people. Garrison, as we already said, he won week one. He didn't look great doing it, but he did get the win. Uh, to win here would obviously really do – this could potentially be 33% of his wins for the season uh, in two weeks. I mean, that's pretty huge. Um, and then if you look at Paul, I don't know that there's any sign that we can give Paul more clearly that like this is not – going well than losing to Garrison. <laughs> yeah, it would definitely be a shot across the bow. I, I'm i assuming that Paul will be making some changes to who he has in his starting lineup. I um, hope so. That being said, I don't know. I I guess he'll he'll be able to plug in somebody off of waivers. Like, there's no way that Kadarius Tony will be there. Um, no. I'm sure the Saints defense won't be there. Um, so we should be able to see some, some improvement in the projection. But again... Um, it's losing the starting quarterback is a blow. Uh, one that has been overcome in the past with way the wire guys are often your, your drop off is a couple points. It's not anything critical. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I more, again, picking with the narrative. I just like the idea of, of an O and two Paul, cause I think it's kind of funny. Uh, so I am going to pick Garrison here. Uh, I think Paul turns it around just because, again, narratively, uh, I think Paul is a uh, Paul's a regular season guy. He's going to get somebody fucking stupid off waivers, and I think Eckler's not going to play that poorly two weeks in a row. But yeah, he's gonna, he's, got, he's got the Chiefs. That should be a good like high scoring game, and I imagine there will be a lot of passing. So um, I think good opportunities for for Eckler for sure. 
Uh, okay, so what we had here was I took myself, Alex, Mike, Zach, and Paul. Colin, you took Ben, Alex, Charlie, Zach, and Gary. Um, high, high leverage week it uh, is. for the season standings. We had a lot of variation. Um, uh, it's still early enough in the year where there is a, lot, a certain amount of just shots in the dark on this one. Like, I, I definitely would lean more into analysis in week seven. Uh, when we actually sort of have an idea of who's good and who's not. Uh, but yeah. For now, it's, it, I, this is what makes the beginning of the season so fun. It's just, you really don't know what's going to happen. Absolutely no clue. And I can't wait, personally. Same. Uh, all right. Well, I think that's about going to do it for us. Uh, yeah. Con, any any last uh, parting thoughts for the people back home? Uh, no, I mean, you know, I, I do like the the prospect of... of trying to come out here and put on a brave show when my team continues to suck. Um, so we're, we're going to hope that that isn't the direction that this thing goes. Uh, and anybody else out there feeling down on your luck, um, I hope that it gets worse because fuck all of you. Um, so, so yeah, we'll see how the year goes. A, what's the opposite of a rising tide lifts all shit? It, like a, a receding tide sinks all ships. I think it is what you're what you're going for here. Yeah, I I just want all ships to run aground uh, and have like numerous sailors drowning, just all like sharks eating mm. people and stuff like that. All good things. All all good things. Uh, all right. Well, once again, we're gonna add a, a little poll in here to to see how everybody liked the uh, the new intro. So let us know about that. And um, hey, forty five minutes, John. Exactly. Forty-five minutes. On time. We were cooking today, folks. Um, be sure to check back here around this time next week for uh, our week three episode. Until then, peace. Yeah, say a thing. Otherwise, what what are we doing here? Uh, think. Thousand men and women and